Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Episode 144 of Blue Jays Nation Radio. Your M. Chuck and Coombsy here to talk about a sweep of the Atlanta Braves, Cam. I think my sign-off on uh, episode 143 was, boy, it's going to be a grind just to get two or three. Well, the Jays found a way to walk out of that weekend without a loss against one of the best teams in the NL. Just nothing but positives, really. We low-key sort of predicted it when we were doing that last episode and we were joking around. We were like, they got swept by Boston and then they swept Pittsburgh and then they got swept by Philly then they're going to sweep Atlanta so let's hope that next part after that's not right because now they're going to kick off a four game series against the New York Yankees and we were joking around being like and then they're going to get swept by the Yankees so let's hope that we don't uh don't continue accurately predicting what's going to happen and and we're just right about this Atlanta thing and there isn't going to be a sweep at the hands of the New York Yankees this week yeah, um, let's really hope that's not the case. I really hope we don't have those kind of powers. Uh, but anyways, it was a good weekend at the Dome as the Jays returned home and won all three ball games. So let's get into it with three up, three down. And we got to start with the guy who threw an absolute gem in game one. A complete game shutout. From Chris Bassett. This kind of stuff does not really happen in baseball in general anymore, Coomzy. So the fact that it was also Chris Bassett of all pitchers, who's the guy who gets the job done and does this for the Jays, that was incredible. Yeah, I think coming into the season, I remember we we, we had this conversation on the season prediction podcast yeah. with me, you, and BK, because one of the things that I said I thought was going to happen this year is that somebody's going to throw a no-hitter for the Blue Jays for the first time since. I think Dave Steve threw one in I don't know, like the 90s or something before I was born. Um, and if I was going to guess who it was going to be that in the year of our Lord 2023, when, like you said, no one's doing this anymore. If I was to guess somebody in the Blue Jays who was going to go the distance, I would have thought it would have been Kevin Gosman. And I, I, I honestly think my second guess might have been Jose Barrios because of the stuff. Like he's got the A stuff. I, I really didn't have Chris Bassett on my list of guys I ever thought what we're going to go this deep into a game it's it's been since 2015 was the last time the blue jays had somebody throw a full nine inning complete game shutout that was mark burley um and that was in june of 2015 right around when the jays had that like season saving double header team nap situation in washington against the nationals man it's been forever like 
given the way pitchers are going, you, you almost had to ask yourself, like, are we ever going to see someone do this again? And then Chris Bassett comes out and throws one of the best pitching performances we've seen in years. He was fantastic. He just dominated Atlanta, controlled the zone, all kinds of different pitches. Command was there. Strikeout stuff was there. All soft contact. Just a fantastic start from Bassett. Yeah, uh, the last time a Blue Jays pitcher threw a nine-inning complete game, so without the shutout part, would have been Marcus Stroman back in 2017. So, yeah, 2017 and 2015 is where you have to go back for the last complete game shutout. Like you said, uh, John Schneider went out to the mound in the eighth inning, asked Bassett how he was feeling. Bassett said, perfect. And I like that Bassett, after the game, kind of said, yeah, I saw him walking out, and then I saw that he didn't <laughs> he didn't point, right? He didn't go to the bullpen at all. And Bassett was like, I knew I was going to be able to convince him that I was staying in this ball game so uh, quite the performance from Chris Bassett he strikes out eight over uh, that nine inning span as well only two hits only two walks as well so like man talking about four base runners over a nine game like that's as good as they get uh, so a really, really good moment for Chris Bassett and the Toronto Blue Jays it's obviously the first up today on the show and just as a little like subset while we're talking about that first game as well, nice to see Dalton Varsho get uh, get a little solo home run action in there as well. George Springer drove in a run as well. Good to see those two contributing. Yeah, it's it's it's. There was some worry with George Springer there for a little while. You know, he had that huge game on opening day, five hits, where every single little bloop he was hitting landed. It was amazing, batted ball luck. And then for pretty much the rest of the month, all of April, it was some terrible batted ball luck. And you look at his kind of basic peripheral numbers, batting average, OPS, just well down from what we're used to from George Springer. But when you dig a little bit deeper at the baseball savant, he's been hitting the ball pretty hard. Eventually, it's going to come around. I, I I really don't think there's too much need for concern about George Springer finding his groove. He is getting a little bit older into his mid-30s. Slow starts are a thing, but like I said, when you dig a little bit further into the numbers, I don't think it's so much poor performance or decline. It's more bad luck. So at some point, we're going to see George Springer go on a huge hot streak, go nuclear, which is good because guys like Bo, Vladdy, Matt Chapman right now is slowing down, reasonable given the April he had. Can't keep that up forever. So the Jays are going to need guys like George Springer, Dalton Barshow to get their hot streaks going, find their groove, and kind of looks like we're there now. Yeah. Uh, let's continue and move on to game two and pulling up from that one. I mean, it was nice in game one to not have to use the bullpen at all, but I think the second up from well, game two, also kind of this series when you consider game three as well, the bullpen, specifically Eric Swanson. I mean, you want to talk about that deal going back to it. We're going to be revisiting. It'll be a topic all year, but like the impact he's made in that bullpen specifically has been unbelievable. He comes in at a point when the game was within reach. It was 4-2. I know they ended up winning 5-2. They tacked one on in the eighth, but the Jays are up 4-2. The bases are loaded. Eric Swanson comes in, gets him out of the jam, pushes him through the eighth inning as well, and sets up a Jordan Romano save. Uh, Eric Swanson was unbelievable, but they had a few other arms that also looked really well coming out of the pen. Yeah, Eric Swanson's been, he's been huge, man. And I mean, this is what we said when we were when we were coming into the season, early in the season, it's a difficult role for him to fill because you've been traded to a new team for, as we've said it a million times, Teoscar Hernandez, popular player. Like, he's not having a fantastic start in Seattle. Numbers are kind of ho-hum. The whole Mariners um, 
the whole team right now just really isn't looking quite like they did last year. But from a Jays perspective, I mean, you get Eric Swanson and he's become pretty much relief option number one behind Jordan Romano for whatever situation and getting five outs there. Like he's usually just the one inning reliever, but for him to come strand the bases loaded that Jimmy Garcia created with just one out, get those two outs and then pitch another scoreless frame. That's huge, man. I mean, um, the bullpen has been like a pretty big story for the Jays over these past few years. And it's been something that I think we can all say is maybe a bit of a weakness, something that's held them back a little bit to go out and grab an arm like Eric Swanson, somebody that good who's under control for a few years. It's a huge game changer for the pen. It's, it's amazing to look back like early in the season, just, Imagine two years ago now, the 2021 season, you had Rafael Dolis pitching in situations like that. Just how far things have come and going out and 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 kind of putting your like taking a risk and making a huge trade like that, getting rid of a player that everybody likes to add a reliever. It's a pretty significant risk. Relievers are volatile, but they've found a gem here in Eric Swanson. Yeah, they absolutely have. You look back through his season so far, he's appeared in 20 games for the Blue Jays, only given up three runs in total, three earned runs. So, I mean, this is a guy who comes in, runners on second and third, bases loaded, whatever the situation is, he steps up and delivers for the Blue Jays. And just building off this point as well, um, it was their big guns in terms of the relievers who got the job done in Game 2 with Romano and Swanson. And in Game 3, again, tight ball game. You're trying to keep it within one run. They go Anthony Bass, Jay Jackson, Trevor Richards, and Nate Pearson. And those four get the job done. Yeah, it was really shocking. It honestly kind of felt like it felt like Sunday was almost a bit of a, a throwaway because they had won the first two games. You know, Yusei Kikuchi hits the mound. Not their best starter. Doesn't have a great start. The big relievers had just pitched the day before. Like I said, Swanson, five outs. Romano, a save. So probably don't have your number one relievers available or your top relievers available. And they managed to navigate through five innings. Scoreless innings, surrendering just one hit with Anthony Bass, Jay Jackson, Trevor Richards, and Nate Pearson. And also an interesting note about Pearson here, he comes and pitches the final inning, and then they win on the Danny Jansen walk-off single. Nate Pearson picks up the W. It was the first win for Nate Pearson since all the way back in September of 2021, when the Jays were playing that doubleheader against Baltimore. That one where George Springer hit the go-ahead home run in the, I think it was the top of the ninth, something like that. And uh, Pearson came in and got the win. So almost, uh, it's a year and a half now for Pearson with uh, between wins. So nice for him to get to get back and see that result. Because it's been a long, shitty road for him. Eh? I mean, like, yeah. tons of injuries, tons of frustration, like, so much untapped potential. And he's come up and he's throwing really well. So nice to see him find some success. Yeah. And he's looked pretty solid in his appearances. You know, nothing insane. Um, But he's come in and given them some really good innings. And he's a guy too, Coombsy. I think you can kind of expect. Again, he's appeared in six games so far. You talk about that long road back. You mentioned how long it's been since he's had success at the major league level. He's looking good right now. He's a guy who I think can just keep getting better as the year goes on, right? Like, this is still a guy who's... Not experiencing the majors for a, for the first time, obviously, but he's learning a lot of lessons for the first time. He's a reliever for the first time. I don't know. I, I, I'm really excited to see how he can progress through the year. 
Yeah, I feel like we finally found Nate Pearson settling into yeah. an actual role. Like he comes up 2020, he's the you know number one pitching prospect in baseball, Toronto's number one prospect, has that first start, does really well. Everyone's like, hell yeah, here we go. This is the next ace. This is the next guy. And then it's, you know, all injuries from there. 2021 comes up, makes a few starts, struggles last year. It's pretty much all derailed due to injury. Now he's back, he's healthy, knock on wood, that can continues um and yeah he's he's in a role where i think you can just kind of focus on getting the job done in small spurts what what we noticed with pearson when he was starting is probably because of all that time he spent injured rehabbing various injuries he didn't necessarily have the stamina to get through a six seven inning start at the big league level but now that he's coming out and worried about you know getting out three four or five guys it's a completely different animal you can just kind of go out there and let his stuff do the work he throws so hard has such strong stuff he can simplify things since he's in the bullpen and he doesn't have to worry about having that full starting pitcher repertoire. Just let your stuff take control and everything will be fine. The key for Pearson really is just continue to get these good outings under your belt. Continue to le- continue to gain that confidence to know that you can be a good pitcher at the big league level. And that's what we're seeing. I mean, it's, 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 it's been such a long road with, with so many roadblocks, so many frustrating things happening that just seeing him healthy and pitching is so nice. 100%. Hopefully he continues to be a valuable part of this bullpen as the Jays chug along this season. And for our third up, let's go to our third game, and I'll hit you with this, Coombsy. Five hits with runners in scoring position. They only had five in the first two games of this series combined. They had a bunch of really, really clutch hits. Vladdy with the bases loaded delivers a two-out or a single, drives in two, and then obviously Danny Jansen to walk off the game. A feel-good moment for him. He ends the game actually going two for five as well. The Jays... Found a way to do some damage, but let's be honest, they had no business. They had no business winning that baseball game. Neither team did. If they could award ties or just non-events in baseball, that game is one where neither club walks off going, ah, nice. Yeah, that's a weird one. You look at it and you see three errors from Atlanta, two errors from Toronto, and to be honest with you, that seems kind of generous. I know errors are somewhat of a flawed stat, but it feels like there was more than five errors in that game. It feels like both teams made about five errors. I mean, even from, if I'm an Atlanta fan and you're watching um, the Danny Jansen walk-off single, Austin Riley at third base, they really didn't move too much or make too tremendous of an effort to get to that ball. Like, look, I'm not a Major League Baseball third baseman, nor do I want to be diving around on gravel and sand dirt whatever but i mean she, man that was a that was a an unfortunate ugly effort i could I, I i was on twitter and i was noticing some braves fans that were pretty pissed off so interesting thing to notice but uh circling back to the blue jays getting kind of going back to my other point getting hits from the bottom of the order is so huge another guy who's like really found their groove as of late brandon belt goes three for five in that game all of a sudden his batting average is up to 244 his ops is up to 737 looks like a completely respectable hitter and you know two weeks ago we were pretty close to being ready to be to saying ah you know what maybe this experiment wasn't the right move maybe brandon belt can't hit maybe his agent sold them a bag of raw goods but man he's coming around you're getting all those guys at the bottom of the order hitting and all of a sudden this lineup looks way deeper than it did a few weeks ago the thing i'm chuckling about with brandon belt is just how he got those two hits they're both basically basically infield singles when you consider the bunt and then also you talked about the last play and how braves fans were pissed off about that the Brandon Belt single in the ninth inning was 
brutal. I, I don't know how you don't get an out there. Like, it was poor positioning. I, I don't know. The Braves just were not dialed in. So, you mentioned five errors between the two sides, but that last hit from Jano probably should have been a play the Braves made. That hit from Belt probably should have been a play the Braves made. And then you had the Bo Bichette base running air, and you had Vladdy not hustling out of the box in the bottom of the ninth as well. Like, it, we're almost at the point where there was like 10 bonehead plays in that ball game. It was crazy. It goes to show, and I think a lot of us, I mean, this month of May has been a weird ride, like getting swept by the Phillies, getting swept by the Red Sox. Those were frustrating, and I think we're starting to see, I guess, from the fans that early season excitement's obviously worn off. Now we're getting towards sort of the dog days of the season. People are a little bit more negative, looking for more things to criticize. People were all over... Uh, John Schneider this past like week the whole joke now is oh yeah and spraying Mr. Attention to detail we're not going to fuck up the little things and they have been fucking up the little things but I think when you see a team like Atlanta roll into town I think we can all say the Braves are a really good team yep. they won the World Series a couple years ago they you know before this weekend had the best record in the National League I'm not sure if they do anymore I haven't checked the standings but you know you have a good team like that one that I think if you ask most Jays fans okay who's going to come out of the National League and wind up in the World Series many would say Atlanta you see a team like that come in fumble the ball around mess up it makes you realize even the best teams in baseball do this the the regular season is a 162 game marathon and it's literally impossible to go through that without having spells where you just kind of look like a little league team it's it's such a grind it's so long that's why when you kind of zero in and focus exclusively on your team you always notice the things they mess up it's always good to take a step back look at the other teams and remember okay this happens to everybody too and i think seeing all the mistakes that atlanta made on sunday was kind of like it was kind of a nice reminder okay the blue jays are not going to have a perfect season we should we should remain reasonable with expectations but good ball clubs have bad stretches, and that happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can go ahead. I mean, the Rays are only 5-5 five and five in their last 10 all of a sudden, right? Like, it, It's just not going to be sunshine and rainbows for all 162. So I like that point you made. It's a bit of a good reminder that high-end ball clubs have miserable weekends, and it was certainly that for Atlanta. Uh, we kind of just hit on our first of the three downs from this series with just kind of the lack of attention to detail in that final game. Like, I mean... Vladdy not running out of the box in the bottom of the ninth. You got to be better than yeah. that. This isn't a guy in his second or third year in the majors anymore. Like, you're a leader on this club. You're becoming a veteran. Yeah, you run hard. Even if the ball's going out, you'll have time to celebrate and do the trot or whatever. Like, hustle out of the box. You're at second base. Yeah, it was a surprising one from him because he's not usually yeah. one to kind of, I mean, I'm not going to say he's not one to pimp a homer. He's definitely one to celebrate, which is great, but he's not usually one to to, to do it like that, slow out of the box. Vladdy's usually actually a, a pretty high effort player. He runs down, the, runs down the line at first base. We all see him make crazy stretches defensively to to scoop difficult balls, but I don't know. Everyone Everyone's entitled to you know, like a moment like yeah. that. Thankfully for Vladdy, it all worked out. Um, the Jays loaded up the bases. Danny Jansen hits the single. I mean, to be fair, off the bat, it did kind of look like it was. It the was first words go. out of my mouth were "ball game." He hit it, and I was yeah. like, "Boom, ball game!" Like we're done. <laughs> oh shit, it's yeah. not out. And actually, someone made the point on Twitter that it might have been a blessing in disguise because you watch the way Acuna played that perfectly, and like he's got a hose, man. The way he yeah. played that perfectly and threw a dart to second, it's like, oh shit! Actually, Vladdy running hard, he may have gotten out at second. 
Honestly, yeah, like maybe it was just the right move to stay up first. But all like I we're on the, we're on the same page. I I really thought uh, as soon as the ball hit the bat, I was like, oh yeah, here we go, walk off bomb, and it looked like it was gonna go like four hundred and fifty feet. It was um it was kind of shocking. It didn't go out, but. Alas. Anyways, uh, second down we got from this series is uh, Yusei Kikuchi in the third game. Trouble with the long ball. Still struck out seven, but four earned for Kikuchi. That, I hate saying this because, again, the guy's been solid. He's coming off an appearance against Pittsburgh last week where he didn't allow an earned run and pitched into the seventh. But last game's Kikuchi, yesterday's Kikuchi, was not very good. No concern. Yeah, we, so, like, again, I'm not hitting the panic. His ERA is under four. Yeah. Holy shit, we're going to take that if he keeps yeah. it going. But not a great start from Kikuchi. No, and, I mean, I think I'll take a positive approach here, and I'll say the Kikuchi bad starts this year are significantly better than the Kikuchi bad starts last year. I mean, he, he really didn't have it in this one against Atlanta. Winds up going four innings, nine hits. Uh, but the key is here is that, he limits it to zero walks so that when he does allow the home runs and he allowed three home runs in the game, it's not, you know, a three run bomb, a grand slam. The Jays are down nine, nothing in the third inning. Uh, it's a bit different. You also got the seven strikeouts in there too. So all things considered, I think if you look at it big picture and you're like, here's what you say Kikuchi provided last season, that even if he has these bad starts every second or third, fourth outing, whatever, it's not the end of the world. It's, um, you know, it's 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 not like such a huge hole to dig themselves out of when he's just ho hum. I mean, knock on wood that I'm not jinxing it. And he doesn't completely fall off in his next start. But my my positive spin on this is that the the terrible Kikuchi starts are significantly less terrible. That's a great point. Uh, for the third down, Coombsy, I'll be honest, I'm struggling to find anything from this series because <laughs> they swept the Atlanta Braves. So should we say that the Leafs and Oilers got bounced? Is that our third down from the weekend? <laughs> Yeah, my third down from the weekend is that it was my 30th birthday on Saturday and the Edmonton Oilers, who I've been shackled in with as my hockey team of choice because I was born here, lost on Friday the night before my 30th birthday and then lost on Sunday the day after my 30th birthday with me in attendance. That's not what I had in mind. That, that, that sucked. Well, <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't how I expected to start this decade, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that is a tough one considering how the last decade has also gone for you and your sports teams. It's uh, <sighs> not a great open, I guess. Uh, but every Canadian team out of the Stanley Cup playoffs means this country is now fully dialed in to the Blue Jays. The Fairweather fans are now going to be out in full force, Coombsy. They're going to be surprised to see how well Kikuchi's pitching. And amongst other things, they'll be like, hey, where the hell's Gurriel? Is he hurt? <laughs> Yeah, fans fans are going to be coming in now trying to figure out like who Brandon Belt is, who's yeah. Eric Swanson, who are all these new guys. They'll probably know Kevin Kiermeyer from his time with the Rays. Um, yeah, things are going to heat up now in, in Blue Jays world, man. It's um, We're a couple of weeks away from June. I think once June hits, we can really start talking about trade speculation and transactions. I don't think that's really a thing in May. But give it two more weeks and we can really, really uh, get the wheel spinning when it comes to who are they going to trade? Who are they going to get? That's, yeah. uh, that's the good stuff. We love that. Yeah, once, yeah right. Because once June rolls around, there's a lot of middling teams who it's like you kind of put them on watch where it's like, okay, you're average right now. Like if the next month goes bad, you're selling and who are you selling? So that'll be interesting. Um, also, this next week of games for the Blue Jays is quite something. We're going to step aside for a quick break and then get into it. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. All right, Coomzy. A big series coming up for Gamer against the New York Yankees. Uh, I mean, it, it's an interesting one because this Yankees team, they're starting to maybe piece things together. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10, but it's been an underwhelming start to the year for them. This is a team that expected to be in the Tampa Bay Rays situation of just blowing the doors off everybody. Yeah, they look a lot more like the Yankees that had that good, not great, you know, slightly above 500 finish second half of the season last year after they jumped out to that, what were they like 40 and 10 or something in um, around this time last year. Um, yeah. They got up to that amazing start, just like Tampa Tampa's done this season. And then they kind of teetered off and played just ho-hum. The thing for New York is that their, their offense really just has not clicked whatsoever. And it's just basically, Aaron Judge and I guess Anthony Rizzo as well. He's mm-hmm. he's having quite the season. Are pretty much entirely carrying their lineup. You have a lot of guys here who just aren't really contributing all that much. Giancarlo Stanton's injured. Anthony Volpe. I think a lot of Yankees fans had huge hopes for. He's going to come up and be the rookie savior, the next Derek Jeter kind of thing. Um, the thing New York has going for them, though, I guess, is despite all the injuries to their pitching staff, is their pitching is quite good. And a big part of that has to do with Garrett Cole having a fantastic season here. 5-0, and 2.22 ERA through his first nine starts. He's thrown a complete game shutout something that (laughs) feels extremely uncommon now. Um, Yeah, I don't know. The Yankees, I'm not a big fan of sitting here and being like, oh, yeah, the Yankees aren't good, because it always feels like as soon as you say, hey, the Yankees aren't the same Yankees, we shouldn't be scared of them, then they're going to come in and just play, like, perfect baseball. All of their starters are going to look great. Every reliever is throwing 110 miles an hour. Judge, Rizzo, whoever, all hitting home runs. So, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be the jinx this time around. I'm gonna say the Yankees are looking okay, and I'm still a little bit nervous about them. Yeah, I mean you gotta be because you're right. Like as soon as you write off the Yankees, they kick you in the teeth. Uh, the probable starters for this one. No, we don't know yet who's going for the Yankees tonight. 
Um, I think we're going to get that announcement probably early in the afternoon. Or are they going to go? I'm seeing Cordero potentially too. Um, and he's got a 3-1 record. Or they could be running with just a bullpen day. But point is, Manoa's going tonight for the Jays. Tuesday, it's Kevin Gosman versus Domingo Herman, uh, Chris Bassett versus Garrett Cole. So two aces going on Wednesday. <laughs> and then uh, Barrios versus Cortez on Thursday. It is pretty wild to look at Manoa, Gosman, Bassett, and Barrios. And the start you're most concerned about is the one tonight, Cam. Although Manoa pitches the Yankees well, but it's still concerning because he's had a rough go. Manoa does pitch the Yankees well, but I think it's... Um it's usually at Yankee Stadium that he has those yeah. phenomenal outings. Though his, yeah, his his pretty much his one dominant start this season. He's had out of his eight starts, he's only gone further than five innings twice. One of those was that weird Kansas City game where he wasn't all that good. It was the big park that kind of kept some balls in. The one really dominant start he had was that one in late April in Yankee Stadium. Seven innings, two hits, one walk, five strikeouts. Uh, the Jays do wind up losing that game, unfortunately. But, yeah, we pretty much just have to hope, like, okay, let's hope that Yankee killer Alec Manoa shows up because it hasn't been the uh, – it hasn't really been the best ride for him as of late. It's – you know, we're at the point where it's it's pretty obvious that Kevin Gosman's the number one starter on the team. And then now you're probably saying, yeah, Chris Bassett's probably the number two at this point. So, I don't know. Let's hope Alec Manoa turns it around. It's a long season. His last two outings have been – Eh, struggles there was the game in boston allows it only winds up being two earned runs but it felt like it should have been more and then there was the last one in philadelphia where he doesn't make it through five only strikes out one guy let's hope we see vintage yankee killer alec manoa here and we get like seven eight innings of just soft contact one earned run kind of thing yeah, and it is. They literally announced it like two minutes ago while we're recording this. Jimmy Cordero is going to be the opener, and uh, they're expecting Johnny Brito to go as the bulk reliever coming in after him. So a bullpen day for the Yankees to start this series, which presents an interesting opportunity for the Jays with a four-game series in front of you. Because if they're going opener tonight, and you can chew through that bullpen quickly in this game, like you could make them have to use five or six arms if you hit well tonight. And that could set you up very nicely throughout the rest of this series. Yeah, and also one thing we could have also uh, mentioned based on the Atlanta series is since that in that Sunday game, they were able to get through it with Bass, Jackson, Richards, and Pearson, kind of the the back arms in your in your bullpen. Um, Jordan Romano and, and Eric Swanson are nice and rested for this game. So, like you said, the Jays can yep. put themselves off to a really nice start, get themselves into a really good advantage here if they just beat the wheels off of these relievers. The Jays won a game without using any of their big relievers the day before a series against a big division rival. Are you telling me maybe John Schneider deserves some credit for something? Maybe. Mr. Uh, Mr. Attention to Detail had the attention to detail this weekend. But that's one of those things, like when we were talking about Schneider on the last podcast, it's like when, when managers do things well, no one's yeah. ever like jumping on Twitter being like, great bullpen management by Schneider. This was exceptional. Like, no, you're only pissed off when the guy he puts into a game gives up a three-run bomb, right? So I want to give Schneider credit. I think he played, managed his bullpen very well against Atlanta. Granted, Chris Bassett made that easy. But Schneider kept him in, let him go the ninth inning. Like, come on, stick taps for a, for a manager who made a couple good choices over the weekend. It's true. Let's uh, let's 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 retroactively make him one of the ups for the yep. weekend. Fantastic management masterclass from John Schneider. Despite the fact the Jays didn't have their best attention to detail on Sunday, though he isn't the one playing in the field or running the bases. Yeah, he wasn't in Vladdy's <laughs> ear, being like, "This one's gone, Vladdy. Jog it out. You're good." Uh, 
10-game homestand continues with four against the Yankees. 7 o'clock start in each of them, which means we will be back on Friday to break down this series. Coombsy, enjoy it. Best wishes. 